We're starting out 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We are out of the book of Galatians. Praise the Lord. I'm not exactly sure how fast I'm going to go through this book of Corinthians. It's a, it's a book of rebuke. And, um, and it's written to a church of God's people that are dealing with a lot of physical things. And each chapter deals with some particulars of that church that they're having problems with that I think correspond, God would correspond with our churches today. And um, in our text this morning, Galatians, Corinthians uh, 1, 1 to 5, 1 Corinthians, um, what a better way to start out than to tell God's people how they can be enriched. <coughs> God's people aren't meant to be poor. God's people aren't meant to be famished. God's people aren't meant to be starving. God's people are meant to have food, and they're meant to have leadership that knows how to make a cake or, or cook or whatever it is. I mean, that's the way I was taught when I was in school, and I was listening to a message or at school at graduation, and Brother James said almost the same thing in the graduation that I had in 05 as he did in 2021. It's that you've got to know how to cook. What that means is you've got to put something together in the Bible that's palatable and help people learn, and it's what God said and not your opinion. And um, in these past know, 14 years I've been here, that's what I've been trying to do. In um, five or six years of ministering elsewhere before that, about seven, I suppose. I, I, that's, that's always what I wanted to do. And um, after work, I mean, I enjoy working too. So um, let's look at First Corinthians chapter one. Let's cover verse 1 to 5, God willing. So the Bible says this, And Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God, which is in at Corinth, <coughs> to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be saints, with all that in every place, call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours, grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given to you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him and in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I need your help today just to put this message forth accurately to those that want to hear it. And I pray that you would help me, Lord, and fill me with thy spirit, help me to <coughs> cough the whole thing and, and uh, just whatever this is, I pray that you would heal me and my children and family and, and everybody in the area seems to have the same cough. And, uh, and I pray that you would guide now in services. May we truly believe your word and, and be enriched by you this day. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So God makes it clear that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we see that in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. And that's not comfortable for people that trust in their water baptism or their works or some kind of church salvation with fancy underwear or, or sacraments or something like that. And it just sounds too simple. But the Bible says, Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That call can be made whether you're dying on a cross next to Jesus Christ because you're a wicked thief and could get into a church, couldn't do the sacraments, couldn't do all the good deeds that people in this area think you need to do to get to heaven. But just ask Jesus to save you. And Jesus said, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. <coughs> and Jesus makes us part of God's family. What I like about this introduction, he keeps going through, he's an apostle, but you're my brother. 
We're family. You see that? God's church is called to be family. We're saints. Which is not a saint because you prayed to them and they did some type of a miracle. You become family because you receive Jesus as your Savior. John 1, 12 says, As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. And so anybody can make that call. Anybody can trust Jesus Christ. And therefore, all can have the benefits that go with having a father. I don't know if you've ever lived through the death of somebody. But when you go through the death of somebody, there are there's a will. And that will has benefits that you can partake of. And, and that's part of reading through your Bible. You find out what God will do for you in particular. Okay? And some of the blessings that God spells out in it. Like in Romans chapter 8, look down at verse 16. Romans chapter 8. Just a little bit. We're talking about enriching God's people today. If you want God's people rich, this is what we need to do. Romans chapter 8, down at verse 16, says this, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Man, I'm glad that God's Spirit does that for me, and I don't have to worry about some kind of church membership or something like that. And it says down in verse 17, And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Do you know what that means? That I'm made part of God's family and I'm the heir. I don't think we realize our position sometimes. That we are family, an heir of God and joint heirs with Christ. Now I got some things because my dad was faithful and worked hard all his life and saved everything he could. <coughs> and didn't waste it at the bar or anything else. And I'm trying to do the same thing. <laughs> For my family, and uh, um, but our God in heaven, he he he, when he went to that cross, he he he's given us a house up there, a mansion it's called, in the Bible, and and, and he's there to help you and make you an heir with him. What a what a blessing. And so, because we are family, God then intends for His children to grow. You shouldn't be what you were 20 years ago. And ten years ago, and three years ago, and one year ago. The Bible says, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. I'm telling you today, my children came out hungry. And God's people ought to be hungry. That's why it's so weird. People call themselves saved and they're not hungry for the word of God. I wonder what they're hungry for. And not remain in a selfish state. When my children came out, they weren't thinking about how mama felt. They weren't thinking about how daddy felt. They weren't thinking about what was expected of them. They cried when they were hungry. They cried when they needed to be changed. They cried when they were thirsty. They cried if, if it was too cold in the room. They cried if somebody was bothering them. And as they got older, they're able to vocalize it. And we tell our children now, stop crying and tell us what's wrong. Because we're expecting them to transition out of the crying phase into a relationship with us so we can meet their need without the cries. Now God's people today are the same way. You should be going to God and asking Him to help you. You should be going to God and having that relationship with Him and growing and not being self-centered. As we get older in this life, and if you've had any children or responsibilities in this life, you realize that you're supposed to take care of responsibilities. That can't be entrusted to a one-year-old. It can't be entrusted sometimes maybe even to a 10 or 16-year-old. That person has to be ready because it's no longer about them. I think one thing that my family has taught me that it's not about me anymore. It's about them. 
It's about me training them. And I've got another position that my church life is not about me. It's about the church. It's about God helping us all. It's about learning. And so as somebody that was in this type of thing, we know John chapter 3 and verse 30, John the Baptist said, He must increase and I must decrease. Yes, it's not about you anymore. It's about what you should be before Him. <clears throat> what has He called you to do? That's His work. How are you doing His work? In your family, your home, your life? Are you growing the way you should be? Eating the food that He gave you? But that's what we talk about in a steward or somebody that is a ruler. They provide for God's people. They give them a good meal. They want it. And that's what the church is here for. And, and, and knowing them in scriptures then makes you strong. It makes you healthy. And that's the point of getting the church. So you could get to the place you could be a leader of God's people. If you look over Ephesians 4, verse 15. Ephesians in chapter 4. In verse 15, the Bible says this, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are <coughs> evil. we got a limited time that we're going to be here. And I was telling Elizabeth last night, I said, I've been, um, I know I've read through these books, and I would like to have been a friend of Whitfield when he was out preaching and, and doing the things that he did in his life, or even the Wesleys and uh, all the preachers that came out of that movement. You know, but God put me in a different place and time, and I've got a limited amount of it, and, and her dad had a limited amount of it, and you do too. And the question is, are you going to use that time to enrich yourself? You know, whether you believe it or not, you're, you're trying to enrich yourself one way or another. Some people try to enrich themselves physically in this life, and, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with having stuff, but it should be about having that stuff to serve God. And what we're talking about today is enriching your Christian life and your walk with Him. We want to enrich our Christian life and walk with God. And so what we have in our text today, 1 Corinthians, if you want to turn back over there, are some ways that we can enrich our Christian walk. How are we going to do that? Ways to enrich our Christian walk. And the first one comes from verse 1. That would be 1 Corinthians 1 1. <coughs> Let's read it. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother. You better watch who you're listening to. The reason that Paul is going through this is so that he's saying, I am doing this by the will of God. And if you're going to be rich in this life as a Christian, you better watch who you listen to. Not everybody is out there for your benefit. Some people are out there to destroy you or take you down or, or maybe they're not really even realizing their sickness. You know, my, my wife was sick and dying there in, with that baby inside of her that had been dead for a month and a half. She couldn't even eat. I was down to feeding her applesauce on the uh, uh, sofa at our house there. And um, finally, I just said to her, honey, I'm taking you to the doctor. So I don't understand what's wrong with you, but there's something wrong. You wouldn't need me to feed you applesauce unless there's something really wrong. 
And she got to that place, and she didn't know she was at that place. And a lot of God's people have listened to false teachers, false advertising, false trash, got so involved with the world that they're sitting there on the brink of death. Because when I took her in, she's on the brink of death. And, and they don't even know it. They don't know that just a little bit more is going to kill them. They don't know just a little bit more and they're done. They've been listening to the world so long that they're not used to if God would speak to them. Matter of fact, they might find it a little bit too harsh. Look over Titus chapter 1. <clears> There's <throat> been a problem in God's church from the beginning of who people are listening to. Who you're listening to is going to affect you. That's why my parents were really concerned who my friends were. Matter of fact, when I was first in school, my family, before my parents let me call them my best friend, they wanted to meet these kids. And they came over to the house and they showed the way they were living. My mom would say, okay, I think you're okay to stick with them guys. It's okay, honey. And I'm telling you, I, I needed help. I'm glad they did that. Now, later on, they, they, things have changed and I was wise enough to see that they did. But, but I'm telling you, I'm glad I had a family that cared who my friends were. And if we're talking about friends today and who you're listening to, Paul says, hey, I'm part of the family of God, Sosthenes is, and everybody that calls upon God are going to agree with what we say if you read the first three verses. And you better too, buddy. Paul's establishing this. This, this is God's will. This isn't my will. This is God's will. Sosthenes says it, and all the church say it if you want to read the first three verses of our chapter. But then what comes in? We'll look at Titus 1, verse 10. The Bible says there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses teaching for things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a, a, a prophet of their own, said the Christians are always liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. I don't know exactly what a slow belly is. I wish I had a fast belly sometimes to make me skinnier. But the fact of the matter is, is that you need to watch who you listen to. It better not be these guys. It better not be somebody that's not doing what God told them to do. Matter of fact, Jesus Christ said specifically what we're supposed to be doing, and that is what? Matthew 4, verse 4. We're supposed to live by every word. Live by the word. I'm just going to put that in there. And that's Matthew 4, 4. And he's rebuking the devil with that. Okay? So this is the ways to enrich your Christian life, is you're going to live by the word of God. Pretty simple. Second point, go back to verse 2 of our text. The Bible says, Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of the Lord. Notice he's not going and saying you've been baptized, catechized, confirmed, and did the stations of the cross. Forgot the special underwear on, been baptized for the dead. They called on the name of the Lord. It's kind of hard to do that if you're already dead. Amen. And I'm telling you what, the word is given for nourishment of all his family, including its leaders. The word is given for nourishment. So if we're looking at how we're going to be healthy in this life, and what a time of the year for that, huh? How many people to today, because maybe, I don't know when you're listening to this out in video land, if anybody actually listens to this stuff, but... <coughs> January, people always are going to eat better, live healthier. They're <clears throat> not going to eat so much junk, right? That's their New Year's resolution. How about God's people? What you been eating? 
how healthy are you? You know, you are what you eat, that old thing. I mean, I can't remember at the schoolhouse rock. <laughs> but you are what you eat, amen? And if you've been eating trash, that's what you're going to become, amen? Look over at Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. <clears throat> They're talking about enrichment to God's church. First thing is, you better watch who you're listening to and understand that God... I mean, doesn't that give the word a whole new importance when you understand it's supposed to nourish you and build you up? I don't know that a lot of people believe that. That's why I said I think this is a good message for all the church. And I'm sorry that they can't come today, but, but I think this is the best way. Hopefully they'll watch it online. Acts chapter 20, verse 22 says this. Um, Acts chapter 20, verse 32, excuse me. The Bible says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. So, so Acts 20, verse 32, it builds you up. <coughs> Maybe a lot of people aren't built up today because they don't even believe the Bible's God's word and they haven't eaten nothing. God's people are really sickly, I think, in my opinion. They're not what they should be, and they're not going forward, and the reason is they're not nourished well, and I don't think it's because it's not getting preached. It's that they don't want it, amen. It's like me looking at a thing of spinach and thinking it doesn't taste very good and it ain't going to help me. But the person that's supposed to take the oversight of that is the leader of the church, and you look at 1 Peter chapter 5, look what he's told to do. 1 Peter 5. Verse 2, feed the flock. How about that? I like this. Isn't it a good picture? That God left his word to, to feed his church. And if you're a leader today, what you're supposed to do is feed them. Give them some food. Feed the flock which is among you. It says taking the oversight thereof. Not by constraint, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither is being lords over God's heritage. It kind of makes you think that God understands what a lot of preachers do. <laughs> I don't know how many churches I got kicked out of because I questioned their leadership and asked some scripture, and that's all I did. Just kept my mouth shut and got kicked out three months later. <laughs> it's amazing. But that's our churches. God's people. Why? Because it was about them. But if you're a leader in God's church, and if you want in to enrich yourself... The first thing is, is you better watch who you listen to, and you better realize that the word is for nourishment. You better get to a place that feeds you. Amen. Everybody likes to go to a restaurant. How many people like to go to God's church? You say, would you like to go to church, or would you like to go to a restaurant? I guarantee most of God's people want to go to a restaurant. <laughs> Nevertheless, God intends for us to go to his word and be nourished in our inner man. Well, look back over at verse 2. I see some other things there. <clears throat> we're sanctified the Bible says in Christ Jesus what a blessing called to be saints I'm glad he calls me that with all that in every place who is it they call in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I like this no man is above the word of God and all should believe it and follow it who did Paul say look I'm called to be an apostle Sosthenes is there and anybody that calls on the name of the Lord should believe what I'm saying what is he saying the word is, look, we're all to be submitted to the word. All church is to be submitted to the word. Will that help a lot of preachers if they really believe that? Amen. It really would. You're not above anybody. You're to feed. You got good feed? You give them the feed. 
That's all you're called to do. You're not called to be a ruler over them. We just saw that in Peter. <clears throat> it's God's heritage you're dealing with. And remember, you ought to know then that Bible to teach. Let's just look at how precious this word is and how we can identify a good leader or not. Go over to Isaiah. Isaiah. I want you to be able to stand by yourself. That's been the goal ever since I came. I was hoping God's people be able to stand for themselves. And it says in Isaiah 55, down there at verse 6, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6, it says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and have mercy upon him to our God, for he'll abundantly part, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. So, again, on this point, we're all submitted to the word, and if you think there is a smart person among you, they, they have to agree that God's word's right. And, and so far, that I mean, if you look at Isaiah, I'll never forget um, the testimony of that priest, and Richard Bennett, I think was his name. And this was his context when he was talking about the Roman Catholic Church. In Isaiah chapter 8, <coughs> and verse 20. No man's above another one. He said this, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it's because there's no light in them. Sheep are to know what is good. Remember, watch out what you're listening to. The words given for nourishment and all are to be submitted to it. If they're not, they're blind. Remember, the word is a light in my word is a light to my feet, a light to my path away. To guide and to save me from sin, to show me the heavenly way, thy word have I hid in my heart. Well, I'm going to keep it in there. I'm glad it becomes a part of me. I'm glad to see my children and memorize those scripture songs. And I didn't even try to do it. They're doing better just doing it themselves than me trying to teach them. <coughs> I just gave them the opportunity. Seems like they're so stubborn, though they want to learn things their way. And I'm kind of glad that they're still learning it, though. Amen. My son has come to me the past three weeks, and he has given me the scripture verse after the service. I thought, well, that's almost a better way to do it, and people don't know he's doing it. So I'm breaking on him a little bit, but, but he sees that it's important, and I'm glad he does. Well, I see another thing out of that verse, too, if we run back over there. We're talking about how to enrich God's people today. The first thing we saw is we've got to watch who we listen to. The third, second thing we saw is that the word is given for nourishment. And the third thing is that all men are to be submitted to that word of God. In 1 Corinthians, in chapter 1, verse 2, it says this. It says that we're sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. <coughs> Both theirs and ours, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation constitutes all that call on God's name. And so I'm just going to say salvation. I'm not going to... You ought to know what salvation is. Paul said that it's not that they went through church initiations and all confirmation classes and all the stuff that so many churches in town want you to do. He says that they called on the name of the Lord. And they know who did it. That, that Paul's not the... the um, Initiator of that thing, an individual has to be. I also don't see in the text where they said, Hey, say this prayer. 
like some of our brethren like to do. <clears throat> when you know you're a sinner and you can't save yourself and you get to the place and you want to repent and trust Christ, you know where that is. And no artificial salvations can, will be accepted by God anyway. Acts chapter 16. These people that they say they trust Jesus as their Savior and never move, never change their life, I, I don't think they got it. Because they should want that word of God. They should be hungry immediately. You know, when I got saved, I was hungry. And I asked some people, I said, look, I'm hungry. I need some preaching. Can I have some preaching? I remember crying because all I knew was, honestly, I cried outside my parents' house and didn't want to go in and didn't want to see people see me crying because all I knew were Christmas songs and nothing to do with Jesus Christ. And I knew it didn't have anything to do with Jesus Christ. I started singing them and the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, that's not about Jesus. That's not about Jesus. That's not about, that one's okay. And there are a few of them in there that are, but for the most part, they're not. Okay? And I was glad when I learned hymns, amen, that hymns about Jesus saving me and thanking him for that work. Acts chapter 16, down verse 30. We had this on our parade float this year. <coughs> Sorry, last year, excuse me, I forgot we're in 2022. Verse 30 says this, And he brought them out, Paul and Silas, and said to them, This is a jailer, <coughs> Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He thought he had to do works to get saved. And they said, Say the rosary, Go to a church confessional, get sprinkled, and, and live a good life, keep the stations of the cross, go to confession, be a good person, give money to, to us, and, and you might make it. No, he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And thine house. Isn't that good? It works for you, it works for your house. All you need to do is just trust Jesus. I'm glad it's that simple, that we don't have to go and, and initiate somebody by getting them to a church, throwing them in water. It's between them and God. And you remember back when we looked at John 1.33, it's Jesus that baptized him in the body, because he sent the baptized with the Holy Spirit. And Romans chapter 10 used to be my favorite place to hang out. Here's a, for especially for salvation. If you first get saved, I think these verses should be memorized. Romans 10. Let's just read through them. I remember hanging on these words and just thanking God for them. People say you're not saved. And I look at Romans 10 verse 9. And if thou shalt confess that thy mouth the Lord Jesus... And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You know, I put my name in there. I said, Lord, I did that. I've really, I hope you can say that today. I really did that. It seemed too simple at the time, but I thought, I don't care if it's too simple. What it is, I want to be saved, and I'm tired of the stuff that's not saving me, that I've been trusting in, that's, that's making me emotionally unstable. I tell you, when I trusted Jesus, my, I became very stable. I was not stable before I trusted God. And look at the next verse. It says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. I don't have that on my own. I trusted God and he gave me his righteousness. That's what saved me. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I don't believe you can say you trust God and not tell people about it. But I, was trying, I mean, honestly, I don't know how many people I gave my testimony to. First I got saved. That's why I tell people I did. I did this. And I'd go read through there and say, that's what you need to do. I didn't really know any other verses. I just come Romans 10, 9, 10, all the way through verse 13. And God said, that's what you need to do. I believed under righteousness. I didn't earn it. I preach at it. And then I got Romans 4, and then I got Romans 5, and then I got Romans 3, and Romans 10. And I, now all of a sudden, I got all these verses. And I used to stand out on the street a year or two after I'm saved. And I would say the same verse twice. I could preach through about 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 verses. And uh, just, it just became part of who I was.
I trusted him. I ate him. I considered he became part of me. And I understood that I'm saved by grace. All right. Something else I see. We're talking about how to be enriched. <coughs> In verse 3 of our context, we need to understand this. That grace and peace come from God. Grace and peace unto you. God, you look, it's kind of hard to be built up if you don't have peace. If you're a little scared rat and thinking you're going to die and get brave, you're not going to have peace. When you understand that it's grace that made you and God just reaches down and says, no one's going to pluck you out of my hand. Just hear my voice. Just listen to what I have to say. Just follow my word. Would you just get, you understand that you stand by grace and, and now you have peace in your life and you're not striving to get into heaven by some type of work anymore. That's why he says, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Boy, I remember when I trusted God and boy, I just had that peace. The peace that passeth all understanding that will keep your minds and hearts through Christ Jesus. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God, Romans 5.1. I used to preach that on the street. When I don't have peace, they say peace, 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 peace planned in the Mideast. You're not going to have that without God. <coughs> and God's people aren't going to be enriched without peace. And that's why strivings and fightings in the church really cause the church not to grow. And that's what we see in Corinth. And that's why Paul starts it out and says, Hey, I'm telling you how to have Strong people in your church, how you be enriched by God is you better make sure you're living in peace with your family. Are you part of God's family? It's time to turn your enemy and realize the world, the flesh, and the devil is what's after you now. And that might include your physical and biological heritage that don't know Jesus. I think some of the greatest opposition I had when I got saved was my immediate bloodline. As a matter of fact, my dad came to me not long after I said, I don't agree with what you said. I said, but dad said in the Bible. I thought you believed that. And I find that I, I talk to people today and they still don't believe that, that God's word sufficient. You know, I look at that 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8 where Paul's having trouble in the flesh and he says, my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Well, I don't know, I maybe need to get beat down a little bit to let God shine through. The Bible says, if we look over to Ephesians 4, right, this is an important one about peace. We're talking about how to be enriched by God today and how God's people be enriched. That's why I said, I wish there were others who would listen to this message, I think, because it would help them be enriched. Ephesians 4. And uh, <coughs> four is all about the body of Christ. And the Bible says down there in verse two, I mean, I could read the whole thing, but I'm starting in there. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, where there's one body and one Spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling. And so God, even in Ephesians, comes and says, Hey, guys. You need to have a bond of peace in there. I'm glad when I got saved, i never been at odds against a good preacher that's helped me. Even when they're upset with me, they just said, don't come back because we're worried you're going to do something. You haven't done nothing yet, but just don't come back. We're just worried you're going to. 
and I hadn't did anything. And today that's gone. That guy, that guy ended up making left a mess of his life, and he's in some kind of a rehab today. He got too big of a head. Amen. He was a good preacher. But you better have grace and peace guiding you in what you do, or you're not going to be enriched. Well, I see there's some other things in there. You go back over to verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We definitely want peace. Down there at verse 4, it says that I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given to you by Jesus Christ. Are you glad for the brethren? Glad for God's people. <coughs> I, I can't say that. I don't think I'd be who I was today if, I, if God's people hadn't helped me. And I'm glad that they did. And I'm so glad for them today. I want to pray for them. I want, to, I want God to work in their life. So like looking at my child and seeing her sick and can't help her, I just pray that God does do something. I've seen my, my brethren that way instead of saying, Hey, so-and-so did that. Take a prayer break and say, God, would you help them? Do you care for the church? Would you pray for them? I'm so glad that when, when this certain fellow that I've been doing a funeral for, that I didn't get in any fights with him after. I just let him fight with himself four or five, six years ago. Come down to the street, want to argue and fight with me, and I just let him go week after week after week. He tried to go down and start a fight with the preacher from Florida. <laughs> I don't know why. Why do you want to fight? Why not just be glad for God's people, amen? I look over at 2 Thessalonians 2. 2 Thessalonians. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Verse uh, 22 to 25 of that same 1 Corinthians 12, talking about the body of Christ, it said there should be no schism in the body. If we look at 2 Thessalonians <coughs> chapter 2, down to verse 13, it says this. It says, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, and he hath called you by our, by our gospel to the obtaining of glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast in all the traditions which you have been taught. See, Paul's thankful that people are getting saved. And people that come to church ought to be thankful that more people can come become part of God's family, and it's not just some elect few. It's those people that want to trust Jesus. I'm glad. I'm glad for God's people. And I'm sorry for the ones that don't think it's all that great to have God's people around them. They're poor. They're not enriched. They need help. They're sick and they don't know it. Amen. Well, let's finish up with verse 5. We're talking about how to be enriched today. Talking about how to be enriched. I hope you're enriched. I feel enriched by God. He's been so good to me since I've been saved. He's been taking care of me. Down in verse 7 it says, So that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus. <coughs> Who's waiting for the coming? All of God's people are enriched by Him. All. All enrichment comes from God. And why is that important to say? It's not Paul. It's not Peter. It's not Sosthenes. It's 
God. If you're not enriched today, why not? Think God doesn't have enough to help you out? Do you know what I'm saying? I go to the doctor, he tells me to take this medicine and, and uh, go back and come back in five months after I follow this prescription and see how things are, he'll get a checkup. I have been on blood pressure medications, I've had dislocated knees, I have broken bones, I've had operations, I've had blood pressure issues, I've had pancreatitis, I had gallbladder issues, I've had uh, appendicitis, and I'm telling you that what we do is we take the prescription, we apply it, and we watch ourselves heal. And that's God's people. We take what he says, we believe it, and we watch ourselves get better. But you've got to follow it. And it doesn't matter if you're the preacher, the apostle, the lady. So like some people like to call them, we're all part of that body of Christ. <coughs> and, and a good leader wants others to be backed up behind them so that they can lead if they're gone. What's going to happen if you're gone? I'm worried. I'm telling you, for the church in this area, I understand there's other people out there, but I feel sometimes I'm not accomplishing what I could when I don't have somebody that can take my spot. This, honestly, I probably shouldn't be here today. Normally I wouldn't worry about it and all this COVID madness and people probably just think I'm irresponsible. And I thought, well, okay, I'm going to tell everybody call them not to come to church. First time I ever did that in my life. Don't come to church, you might get sick. I called everybody to church. And um, I told them that because I didn't want to get sick. I'm glad somebody did come and help me out today in just case somebody showed up. We kept, you know, we've been spacing ourselves, and that, that's a good thing. And, and I'm going to go and try to not give anybody what I got for the rest of the week and pray I'm healthy enough to continue preaching and do what I can do for Christ. But it's because I want people enriched. <coughs> that's what Paul said. Look at first Romans 11. Paul was going to Rome, and look what he wanted to do. Verse 11, For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end you may be established. I want you to be established in the Spirit, serving God in the Spirit. That's the point of preaching. You strong enough then to take over the... Good! We need strong Christians. If you just think you are, then you've got a bigger problem than you know. Peter says here, To grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to Him be glory. I wonder today if you're enriched. You even think it's riches in him. I'll say this. By following these guidelines, God makes his house what it should be. We need this to be strong. Now, I don't care if you're in Pensacola, Florida, DeLand, Florida, out in Montana, in Minnesota, or in Zimbabwe or Kalamazoo. God's people are enriched, and here's how. They watch who they listen to. They use the word for nourishment. They all submit themselves to the word. They got salvation by calling upon the Lord. Grace and peace have come in to make a good, healthy environment for people to grow. They're, we're glad that God, God's people are there despite their problems. Amen. And we trust him to enrich each other. First <coughs> Thessalonians 4. I'm done. First Thessalonians 4. Isn't that weird? I get done and I don't sing the three extra songs and I got done on time today. Noon. That's okay. We're going to still keep singing the songs and it brings us ten minutes after. It's one of the things I just think that this is God's will. This is His message for the church. 
That's what I believe when I get up here. I won't waste my time. Because I want to serve the Lord. I don't just want to just tickle people's ears. This is about people growing and being what they should be. And if God told me to do it, and told me to do it to one person, I'll do it to one person for one person. If, if, if there's 50, I'll do it for 50. I want to do what God called me to do. How about you? Will you do what God called you to do? Is the question. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 1. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus Christ that ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. You know how to walk, he said. Get busy. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I do the best I can put forth this message. Pray that help those that listen to it and all that have. And I pray now that you would help us be what we should be by, by just letting grace and peace rule this church, being thankful for God's people. Why no peace in a home makes for a good environment that people can grow quick. And I pray that you'd help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.